Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Daily Dose of Donna. Maybe you have seen this podcast. It is climbing the charts. Um, that sounded very Maynard-esque of me. Um, Donna Bowling is the host of Daily Dose of Donna. It's a pop culture podcast. She also goes live Monday through Friday on her YouTube, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard. This podcast has been blowing up the charts because she talks about a lot of Bravo. We share our love for sister wives. And her story's amazing. This is actually her fourth podcast. She never gave up. She wanted to podcast regularly and make it a full-time living And now she is. And she used to be a casting director. So how'd she get from A to Z? We get into all that, our pop culture thoughts, and more. Here's Donna. All right. Donna Bowling is here. Your daily dose of Donna. I love Okay, this woman is pop culture. I can relate to any (laughs) pop culture mama. And she's a mama. I love that part, too. Um, Donna, you, like, came on the, the podcasting scene this year, too. And I feel like you exploded, right? How old is Daily Dose? So Daily Dose is my fourth podcast, but it started in January and it was started. I always joke about this, like literally, well, number one, my my first episode was January 6th. Like I could have thought of a better day to start. I know I'm almost like willing to lie and say January 5th, but it was it was on a walk. I was like starting the new year and I was having a moment where I was like, I need to do something that really fills my cup and like gives me a little bit more um, just joy in life. Um, and, and so I came home and I was like, I'm going to do a daily podcast, like no idea what the hell I was getting into. And I'm so glad that I'm an, uh, action taker rather than a thinker an overthinker, because I would have probably overthought myself out of doing it, but it was the best decision I could have done. Oh yeah. Because once you take it on daily, it's a lot, it's, it's a full-time job. Yeah. It's crazy. And I do it all myself. I mean, now I'm getting a little bit more help slowly, slowly, but I do it all myself. I did have podcast knowledge that did help, but um, yeah, I I really, and I've been figuring it out. You know, it's one of those things where nine months, 10 months into it and I'm just still figuring it all out. I'm like, look, I'm like eight years in, I'm still figuring it out. Like, it's, it's I don't think still, we'll ever figure it out. I mean, it's a, it's still such a media kind of like genre that's in its infancy. You know, I, I don't think- I Right. We've seen Spotify like do these big deals and then they've pulled back. And, you know, it's I don't know. You've had these podcast companies start 
not sure they're going great. It's it's hard to know where it's headed, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I personally grew up listening to talk radio in my mom's car and hated every second of it. And I remember like feeling like talk radio made me nauseous sitting in the backseat of my mom's car in LA traffic. But now that I'm an adult, I would maybe it was also who she was listening to because it wasn't like pop culture. It, it was, wasn't like, Howard Stern, right? You weren't listening no, to Howard. No, I feel okay. like it was like Dennis Prager or something like that. It was like some real boring like NPR stuff. But I but now it's all I want is to listen to people talk in my ears. I am not I love music and I'm always gonna love music, but when I'm on a walk, when I'm doing my dishes, when I'm driving, I want a podcast or like a talk radio, some something of, of that sense. So more and more of us are out there. Oh my it's God. nice that you can multitask while listening to podcasts. That's why TV is hard to watch. It's like hard to find the time. It is. It is. And you're right. You can take your podcast everywhere. I'm with you. I mean, I did grow up listening to Howard Stern, so I was obsessed with Howard. And I don't even know Don Imus. I'm not even sure how. I guess that was like one of the I remember few. that was his like big enemy. Wasn't Don yes. Imus? Like they, yeah, hated they hated one hated another. Each other. Then Don had this like very famous show on MSNBC for a hot second. Howard was on E. It, it was so great. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, that's right. I grew up watching. I mean, I remember reading the private parts book. Oh, so um, like on vacation with my family. I don't even know. I was probably 10. I don't know how in the world my, our parents let us live the way we did as kids. Oh, I know. Uh, very, very little supervision. And now I'm like raising a son in Los Angeles. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to let him like t- take his bike down the block? Do you let you do no. your boys any freedom? Yeah. Well, like I, I let my kids like scooter around, but like on the sidewalk. And if they want to go around the corner, I'm like, guess we're going on a dog walk. Like, I I, I don't know. No. You can't trust anything anymore. This world is going to shit. <sighs> it is going to shit. Um. All right. Well, before we talk about the world going to shit, did you wait? I was like doing all my research on you. Now, did yeah. you work in radio? Were you at Sirius XM for a period of time mm, or did you? No, in- I. I've been on Sirius as a guest because I've guested with Amy Phillips on her show before, okay, but I've it. never had like radio was not my thing. I was a casting director. So I worked in the TV world for years and years and years. And then I was an agent, but I never, I just liked, I've always had like that gift of gab, I would say. And when I was seven, my mom got me a tape recorder, like with an actual tape and I still have it right there. And I listen to it every once in a while because I hear myself, my seven-year-old podcasting, walking through my neighborhood, like with a tape recorder, like, and then there's my neighbor and look at that car that's right. So I was always just a talker. Well, you made like a seamless transition, which I think is is really hard for people when they because I'm sure you get this. I know you do podcast consulting. I mean, I get people that are like, I want to start a podcast. And it's like, great, but have you ever done any talk? Like, are you a big talker? Can you talk by yourself? Can you talk to yourself? I mean, that's like, you know, it's a you, very, you really I think well. not everyone can have a podcast. And I hate to say that because I think everyone should try to have a podcast. The best thing is to, to do is to try it. And that's in any industry. But whenever you see that every single reality star now has a podcast and every single, you know, person in marketing has a podcast, it's true. Some people just don't have that to keep someone listening, especially when you're doing a solo episode, you really have to have an ability to have a conversation with yourself and also the energy. Like we need that energy. There's nothing worse than listening to a monotone podcast. Do you know who could not have a podcast right now? Oh, is Gary from The Golden Bachelor. I don't know if you watch it <laughs> or watching. if you've seen any. My husband I and I are him. watching. We're obsessed. But you I think love he's too him, monotone? but he's I've decided he's AI. I don't think he's a real human being. And I think that what's happening is like, it's like, I love this family. I love these women here. I'm having a time of my life. Isn't this grand? Like he's so just like one note. Why are you leaving? It is so sad to see that you're leaving me. We had a connection. So like if he had a podcast, I probably wouldn't tune in. No offense, Gary. Sorry, Gary. Um, he might be good for ASMR, like, or, you know, talk space at night. Like, he'd put me to sleep for a meditation. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly. He's he's great for, like, now close your eyes and go to sleep. Um, do you miss doing casting directing at all? Or are you like, fuck that, I'm a full-time pop culture podcaster? <laughs> Um, I, you know what I, it's so funny. I had a partner doing it when we were, we worked together. Her name is Brandy and she and I are still friendly and she misses it every day. And I look back and I say, it was a really great experience and I don't miss it for a second. The industry is so tricky. Like the best parts about what I did were being on set. I loved to see the final result. And I also loved 
making people's dreams come true and giving them that that news like, oh my gosh. The problem was is, and you know, I worked a lot with kids, especially at the beginning. So we did a lot of Disney and Nickelodeon, discovered a lot of Disney stars. And the thing that happened was as we got into it longer and longer, more and more studios and networks, they got so many more um, like hooks in the kitchen. And by the time we finished casting, we couldn't cast a one line on a sitcom like that's called a co-star or like an under five. This is someone like the the girl in the coffee shop that says your espresso's ready, like a nothing role. We couldn't cast that without getting like 25 people's approval. And it became way too much. It So the industry changed. And I think, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't I didn't enjoy it at the end. That's for sure. Um, casting is one of those jobs that it's like it's a really, really challenging job because you're going through all the bad. Think about that. You're just weeding through all the bad talent to get that one good. And when you find the good, it's amazing. But it's like being like a treasure hunter or like one of those, you know, you are a treasure hunter. miners or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of mindless work. It, it really is, right? And it's harder than you think to find these people, especially for reality shows. Like people, everywhere you go, everyone's like, you know, my family should be on a reality show. They all say that. But then once you spend more than an hour with them, like you Zoom interview them, you're like, all right, well, is this it? Like, I mean, we, you know, we can't like... It's much harder than people think, right? Because you almost need somebody that's not aware. You need a Mary Cosby, you know, that okay, isn't so like aware. Here, here, oh my God, Mary, She's Mary on Salt Lake City is the best reality star. And I know some people that are like, she's so mean. I'm like, she's amazing on TV. But I do think that the difference is, I don't know. Did you watch Love is Blind this last season? No, I watched like season one and part of season two, but I, I've just stopped watching. I, you know, because I know you feel this. I have so much TV to watch. Too much. It's just, I can't take on another thing. So I, I get don't it. watch it. I get it. Yeah. That's how I feel about like Welcome to Plathville. Everyone tells me to watch it or like um, all the 90 day fiancés. I can't. I just don't have it in my like abilities. Yeah. But but I will tell you on Love is Blind, I've, I saw something that I have never seen on a reality show where- this one guy, because we've all seen good cast and bad cast and um, or good casting, I should say, and bad casting. And it really does make the difference on a reality show because you don't have a script. I mean, you may have like some talking points, but you don't have a script. So it really does come down to the talent. And on Love is Blind this last season, there was a guy. Now I can't remember if it's JP or JT. I think it's JP. And he gets through the pods. You know, the whole process is you fall in love in the pods, you you propose and then you meet in public or like in person and then you go off to like Mexico or whatever for your honeymoon um, or like your vacation before you plan the wedding. So this guy is so sweet in the pods. He's chatting. He's friendly. He's lovely. He proposes. He meets the girl. She's adorable. It seems great. Awkward, but great. They go off to Mexico and the guy literally becomes a mute. He does not say a word. And the entire time that they're there, she's like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you talking to me? Is it the way I look? Is it the way? It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. He cannot and should not have ever been cast on a reality show. Oh. I don't know how in the world this passed. So we were all talking about that over on my on my show because it's it's like it's not you don't see that that often. Usually when someone is on a show, they're like ready to go. But it's so hard. Think about it. Cameras are in your face. And all of a sudden you're you're supposed to be who you are and, and act as you normally do. That's almost impossible. I know. Even and with our phones, when you put the phone out, we all of a sudden act different. And don't you think it's getting harder because people see, you know, they know we're 20 years in basically to reality TV. So they know they're going to be dissected on social media. They know their job is going to be watching. So I do think lots of times you almost see when people become self-aware they're being filmed on a well-known show and then they like completely change. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. <laughs> You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, 
or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Yeah, no, I really do think it's a, it's a, it's got to be really challenging. I don't, I didn't ever cast reality. I only cast it scripted, but my husband is a reality camera operator and, and DP director of photography. He's working on shows like dancing with the stars right now. He's on dancing, which by the way, like it's so fun to get the inner scoop about like Mauricio and Ariana. What's going on with Mauricio? Right. I I mean him and his, I, I have so many interesting, funny things to talk about with this guy. But, um, but he's, but he, you know, he comes home and he tells me like about some of the cast that he works with. But then again, like going back to Golden Bachelor, here you have like all these women that are just like normal for the most part, 60 and up women. Yeah. And they're making good TV and it's boring for the most part, but it's good TV. So I don't know. It's, it's really, it's gotta be some sort of magic to make good reality TV. It's magic. They did a great job on the golden bachelor and it's a little refreshing. I mean, I'm a bachelor, like I've popped in and out, but yeah. you know, some of those people you can tell are there and you see this all the time on 90 day, 90 day is famous for this. I mean, people just come on their musicians. They're there to promote their, you know, products and they're, you know, they're not really, they're good TV, but you can also tell what they're doing. I mean, I think what the charm of the Golden Bachelor is, is these women are 70. They're not there hawking their business. You know, they're trying to really find, like, could I spend the next decade with this man? You know, I mean, I think it feels genuine. Even Gary, the Bachelor, didn't even really have social media when he started. So, you know, it's not coming from a place of like trying to get famous. That part is really lovely. I really do wish that we could get more of that. Unfortunately, every single show on every single network now is a way to boost your Instagram followers. I know. I know. Well, believe me, I'm like, fuck, I should have gone on Married at First Sight. What was I thinking before I married my husband? (laughs) Is that the one you would choose? That's the one? Well, I do a lot of work with them in Lifetime. Like I was just on their kickoff show. And so now I kind of know it and I'm like, oh, I'd love to see who the matchmakers would pay. Like, would they ever match me with someone like their husband? Like with my husband, you know, like who would they fix me? I want to know who, because they spend a lot of time with you and you go through this psychological evaluation and everything and then they hook you up with someone they think is going to be your match. And I mean- it only works like 20% So it's basically of the time. like a on it's a TV show. I've never watched Married at First Sight. So it's like a TV show that is basically online dating. 
Yeah. And you know what? You'll appreciate this. Kinetic Productions, which yeah. does Love is Blind, also yeah. does Married at First Sight. So it has, oh, interesting. It has some like um, similar have feels. You, have you heard of Naked Attraction? Yes. I've watched it. I have not seen it. Oh Should my God. I? Donna, you got to watch. I mean, you'll never look at so many dicks in your life. And you're like, Stop. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's the best. Dicks, vaginas, and they get in detail. They make them turn around. They rate their butt cheeks. They rate how much. Do they have to bend over and stuff? Like, this is, like, okay, is this, is this on, it's on HBO, right? It's on like HBO. It's, def- yes. it's definitely not for uh, kids. But my friend said that he watched it on Saturday night with his wife. And he's like, shockingly, Naked Attraction did not set the mood. <laughs> like, it wasn't sexy. <sighs> No, it's not sexy. I think it's because we're <laughs> we're programmed to like see people with clothes on. So when you see them nude, it's like you realize how unattractive the human body is. And my own included. There's so many like, problems with it. <laughs> so many like I, I mean, I'm not saying like I have a hot vag, but I mean, they literally show like your vagina. If like one vagina lip hangs lower, they comment. No. Donna, Donna, they get in there, girl. Like your balls. They talk about like all these dudes come on. They're uncircumcised. They got their hoods. <laughs> well, so here's my thought. is oh, like, would it. we ever pick who we're with if we hadn't seen their face and met their their personalities? Probably never. Never. That's another great one. Like, I'm sure if I saw my husband's dick first, he'll really appreciate and it's, this. And like, it's not I, even like like in a in an aroused position, right? No. It's like, no. Yeah. It's <clears> not aroused. They're not, and some women rule them out based on just because they're not even aroused. Like they're like, oh, this dick, this dick is like way too big. I can't even handle it. Like I couldn't handle it like this way. I can't handle it erect. You're out. Like, Donnie, oh. add it to your list, girl. Add it to your okay, list. Okay, I guess I, I guess I will. <laughs> um, okay, on Daily Dose of Donna, you cover everything. Yes. A lot of Bravo stuff. Um, yeah. But then you'll talk like Britney Spears. You'll talk Jada Pinkett Smith. What's your favorite do you have a favorite category to cover? I mean, I am a huge Bravo Housewives like lover. I've always been since day one. So I really do enjoy talking about the Bravo stuff and the Bravo liberties and like the scandals and things that happen behind the scenes. I will touch on, you know, regular celebrities <laughs> like the Brit- Britney Spears oh. and the Jada Smith and stuff like that. I'll touch on those when they when I find it interesting. So what I tend to do is I don't even just go like I don't go to page six and say, what are the top stories? I'm going to talk about that. If it's about like Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, I'll probably skip like I'm just not interested. So I'll just talk about what I am interested in, because I think that being a 42 year old woman, a lot of my audience tends to agree with a lot of my like interests and not. And there's people that are like, oh my God, I, if, if you talk about, you know, Vanderpump rules one more time, I'm out. You know, people always say stuff like that. But in general, I just kind of pick and choose what is interesting to me. Sister Wives is always on that list. I know we get always. Talk, I love, I know. Sob and Robin can't get enough, but it's, it's really, uh, it's really just kind of like whatever jumps out at me. I, love I don't that. know how to explain it. <laughs> no, that's a good filter, right? I mean, look, you you knew that. I'm sure you learned that in casting. It's a part of it's your gut intuition. You know, you meet, you know, you probably see somebody that you're like, oh my God, they're going to be a hit. You know, eventually you learn that. 100%. You learn that 100%. Skill. And I will say something I'm, I do, which I, I'm pretty sure you kind of do this too, Sarah, is you march to the beat of your own drum. Like there are people out there that give me comments every single day on YouTube saying, oh my gosh. If you like move on with it, I don't care about your life. Why are you talking about you got right into the story already? I'm like, if this is not your show, because I am not e-news, I'm not, you know, access Hollywood. I don't give you the gossip. I'm it's daily dose of Donna, Sarah Fraser show. Like we are who we are. And I think there's something really special about that. I used to always teach this when, cause I have a, you know, a history of helping entrepreneurs build their online businesses and like on social media. And so I would always say, if you're on Instagram stories and you're only just showing business stuff or work stuff or your products that you're selling or your whatever, it's boring. I want to know what's going on in your mind. I want to know what you're doing or what you're eating for breakfast. So I say the same thing about podcasting. Like my favorite podcasts that I listen to all the time all show up with a personal like story or whatever going into the show. It's not like, hello and welcome. Today we're going to be talking about Shannon Bedore. You know, it's, I want to know about the person. I want to feel like I have a friend in my ear. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. A lot of women, I'm sure you have a big female audience too, women that listen to my show, many of them are on the cusp of making a career change or yeah. ending a relationship. You know, you you have given people business advice for a long time. I'm curious, what do you think is, and every business is different, so this is a pretty general question, but what do you think is the biggest thing now for people that want to like start their own business or, you know, jump off a cliff and, you know, go to a startup? I mean, do you think it's having a personal story or do you think there's another... All right, Horizon Fibroids. 80% of women will have a fibroid by the age of 50. So many women are getting blood transfusions or iron transfusions monthly, bi-monthly, because they lose so much blood from their fibroids. Dr. Will Neem at Horizon Fibroids in Maryland is a fibroid expert. Do not get a hysterectomy. Do not do procedures until you call him. He's amazing. He has almost two decades of experience, and he does a procedure called uterine fibroid embolization, a low downtime surgical procedure that will shrink and oftentimes get rid of your fibroids without giving you a hysterectomy. They accept almost all insurance, and they see patients out of state. Go to horizonfibroids.com. You can make an appointment right there on the website and check and see if he takes your insurance. Horizonfibroids.com. Tell Dr. Will that the Sarah Fraser show sent you. Keep I think the pers- a personal brand is the most important thing anyone can have online now. Like, I think there's so much power in being able to say I am who I am aside from what I do. You know, um, I to me, that's going to differentiate why I want to follow someone, why I want to listen to someone. There's a lot of people out there that like to keep things very, you know, um, I, I guess vanilla in their content and they don't want to ruffle feathers and they don't want to say anything that will upset anyone. So they don't say anything at all. For me, I'm a big believer of being who you are going and kind of doing your own thing and podcast. You can start a podcast in for basically almost for free. Right. I do help people do that because a a lot of people talk themselves out of it. Um, And then also you could also start a TikTok channel where you're breaking down your favorite things or deep diving MLMs or, you know, anything that you want to do, you can do YouTube. Being a content creator is such a freaking awesome, awesome path for some people. It's a lot of work, but I think everyone should try it. Oh, my God. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I, I love- and by the way, you can't be scared about pissing people off because you will piss people off. I can literally tell you my favorite pizza is cheese pizza and I will get DMs saying you're crazy. Like that's insane. I How dare you? I always tell people exactly now is the time because you don't even have to be controversial to be controversial. I feel like back in the day, like Howard Stern and, you know, I I was a morning radio host. I mean, we were Mm -hmm. always doing, we were bailing Bobby Brown out of jail. We were doing these big stunts. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. He was like in jail for not paying Whitney Houston child support for the fifth time. So we like paid his child support. He was supposed to come co-host with us. Actually, you'll love this story. Um, He was supposed to come co-host on the radio show for us. And Phaedra Parks was his attorney. Long Before. This is way before. Yes. And we got Phaedra on the phone. She was the most apologetic, low-key attorney speak. Nothing like what you see today. Like basically like, I'm really sorry, my client. Like, yeah, we paid him $22,000 from iHeart. And he refused to come to D.C., refused. They had to pay the money back. She had to negotiate that back. She And Whoa. we had Phaedra Parks. And Kane was like, not really lighting her up, but he was like, you know, we made this deal What was deal your show you. called? It was called The Kane Show. Okay. And it was in Washington, D.C. It was syndicated. We were on Sirius XM for a few years. And so it became really big on the Northeast. And, um, but anyway, yeah, that was my Phaedra Parks. Oh, I have so many crazy, like, stars. Like, sure, Justin, like before they were famous. Oh my God, Justin Bieber came in with a guitar. Oh. He was 15 years old. They, yep. they had some manager and the guy kept saying, this guy is it. He's going to be huge. We were like, please. You know, we were, we, you know, he was 15. He like yep. had no, we were like, oh, give me a fucking break. And he sang baby acoustic. And again, we like took some photos of video. We were like, see ya. And then he became huge. By the way, by the way, I still listen to Baby when I need to like pump myself up. That's one of my favorite songs in the world. And I had the same stories. I mean, we discovered Zendaya. My partner and I found Zendaya when she was 12 years old. She came into audition for us and we put her on Disney Channel because we cast that show Shake It Up, which was her first show. Um, So many stories like this, like crazy stories, right? Where we were hanging out with Selena Gomez and um, Zac Efron and stuff when they were so young and running around. It was, uh, I think we can like write a book about being around these people before they were famous. Um, 
Well, speaking of being true to yourself, you know, I've learned a lot from you over the past 10 days with everything happening mm. in Israel. You are a proud American Jewish woman. You, you've you said yep. this on your story. I've learned so much. And um, so, you know, was it hard for you at all to speak up or you just were like, this is who I am. I'm going to say what I say. And I mean, I'm sure you've lost followers. I'm sure people have said they'll never listen to you again. I mean, believe me, I turn around and fart and people say that. So I, <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm used to people being like, I'm out, you know, I'm like, okay. You know, this was a really, this was like such a crazy experience because obviously, so it occurred on a weekend, the first original massacre, the the attack on October 7th, it was on a Saturday. So I wasn't online. I wasn't really, I mean, I was online, but I wasn't like creating a show that day. Thank God. And I was I was just learning along with the rest of the world, right? Like as the day went on. But here's the thing. My mom was in Israel and I have family, my grandmother, who is on the literally on the last days of her life right now, which is tragic and I can't even get into it, is in Haifa in Israel. So my mom was born in Israel and we are we have very strong ties to Israel because of that. My stepdad has a, a house there and and he has kids there. Like we're always connected to Israel. Um, I went with my whole entire family, my sister, her family, my husband, my kids, everyone to Israel over the summer. So it, in June, so like I can still smell it, you know, like it's just still on my clothes, basically. Um, but my mom being in Israel and talking to her on the phone saying like, we're in war. Oh, my God, I'm scared. The sirens are going off. Holy shit. Like she's in Tel Aviv at this moment. I couldn't not talk about it. I had no idea how quickly it was going to go from like, oh my gosh, look at poor Israel to how 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 much anti-Semitism and how much anti-Israel content there is in this world, which I've now become like, it's it's a it's a mission of mine to spread. Um, a lot of my listeners are so kind of separated from the Middle East, like they have no connections to the Middle East. They're maybe, you know, somewhere in Ohio, just say they've never met a lot of Jews. They don't know anyone from Palestine. Like, when they think of the Middle East, they think of like the Kuwait war, you know, it's, it feels like a dusty field with, with army. It's so not the case. It's such a real, like Israel to me is one of the most advanced, like technological countries. They, that's where Waze was created. I record my podcast on Riverside. That's where they were created. Like all these huge, huge companies are in Israel. It's a beautiful forward thinking company. I mean, country where you can be yourself, where you can be gay, where you can, you know, wear a string, thong bikini. Trust me, there was a lot of those girls out there. Um, there was gay pride flags everywhere we went because it was Pride Month. It's such a beautiful, like accepting country. So of course I had to speak and, and, and explain it. Um, what has happened since I started speaking? Uh, lots of negative reviews on my podcast, lots of angry uh, people on my YouTube, lots of lost subscribers and lots of lost followers, lots of disgusting, awful, I can't even repeat them here, DMs. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani podcast. Enjoy. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Shman Mahubi has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. 
Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. Um, I believe I, I have lots of Jewish friends. I, I, yeah, I see what's it's, happening. It's, yeah. it's verbal abuse like I've never experienced, which by the way, I've never once sent anyone. I don't care if you are in Hamas. I'm not sending you a DM the way that I've gotten DMs, like as if I'm some hateful person. I'm just like sad, right? But when I tell you getting an email from Linda, an old woman in Omaha the other day who basically says, and by the way, she's not the only, I'm just using her as an example. Sure. And she says, I don't know a lot about Israel and I don't know a lot about Jews, but you have given a humane like connection to it. And I support Israel and I wasn't able to have children, but if I had a daughter and I could cry, if I had a daughter, I would want her to be like you. So when you get emails like that, when you get messages like that, which thank God they outnumber the bad, it makes it worth it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's such a hard one because myself included, people really, like, to your point, we really don't know, you know, unless you are Israeli or, you know, you're an Israeli Jewish person mm-hmm. or, you know, you're Palestinian, you live in it. You know, we, unfortunately, we're ignorant, especially Americans all around the world, to every country's history for the most part. You know, some people are very smart and worldly, but most of us, we go on with our day, we're doing pop culture, you know, we don't. Sure. So I've learned so much from you and so many other people. And, um, I have two questions, which are very big questions. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think, now look, we can go back to the biblical sense, and maybe that's where you think it is. Why do you think there's so much anti-Semitism still? I know, you know, in the Bible, Jewish people are the chosen people, which is unfortunately brought you a lot of prosecution, you know? Um, do you think it goes back to that? Why do you think there's so much hate for Jewish people? I'm like, guys, I... Even if I know. they were the Jewish, Jewish chosen people, this is I know a, you know thousands like, of years ago. Now we're all at least in this country, for the most part, we're getting in more and more to an equal playing field, where whatever you want to be and whatever you want to become, if you work your ass off, you can do it. So I don't know what this is about Jewish people. They don't have a hold on something. I, I, it's so weird. I think it's a you know, it's one of those like. Um, like tale as old as, as times type of situation, right? It's like a myth that just keeps getting perpetuated because unfortunately, you know, and I can't blame them, but a lot of people that are raised and born and raised in, in countries that, or to parents just say that don't like Jewish people, it's just what they learn. It's who they've, be, it's like you grow up in this. Um, Israel, from what I've, without like giving a too, too big of a not like a story and whatever, from what I know and from what I've read, Israel and Jews in general used to be years and years and years ago, like I can't even tell you when, um, like f- feared of people were scared. OK, people were scared of Jews and scared of, of of Israel wasn't even a state or country at the time. So scared of Jews. OK, so I think the fear of and I'm talking thousands of years ago have has kind of like perpetuated itself in got to kind of like keep them, we can't let them get too powerful type of situation. Um, but it's, it's just, uh, it's just ingrained in the world. And I don't understand it either. After the Holocaust, you would think that people would start to understand and Jews, not just Jews, by the way, but Jews have contributed so many amazing things to society over the last few hundred years, like Albert Einstein, like these incredible, incredible Jewish people. I have no idea. It's very hard and confusing for us, but we just have to deal with it. Like, we don't know the reasons. I just know that it's happening on college campuses. The education system is teaching anti-Semitism for the most part. That's it's really bad. That's what's mind-blowing. That's what's mind-blowing. I mean, and, I you know, I, yeah, I really cannot figure it out. My last question is because I what I do appreciate that you've done is you have brought a humanitarian side to it. I mean, the reality is, right? I mean, the people of Palestine don't want war either. This Hamas does, which is a terrorist group, which unfortunately controls Palestine. I read, you know, this week Axios did a, a poll and 60 percent of Palestinians, if they could have an election today, would vote them out. You know, they want them gone. But 
How could you want them in? Yeah. How, how could you want them in? Right. When we hear all this pushback and you, you know, you say on your, on your um, stories, you know, you're for, you, you know, you don't want the any more atrocities. Nobody, you know, I don't see where Israelis, of course, you've been, you know, terrorists attacked. You've been attacked. Like we were of 9-11. There, you have the right to defend yourself. I don't see Israeli people saying, you know, we're going to annihilate all Palestinian people. They want to get rid of Hamas. They want to annihilate Hamas. And so does the U.S. They should want to annihilate Hamas. Like everyone should want to annihilate Hamas. Everybody should, right? Because they'll just become a bigger problem for all of us. Yeah. But when you, when Palestinian people slide in your DMs and they're saying things, what, what is it that they're so angry about? Are they angry about the fact that they don't have a voice aside from Hamas and they feel like Israel has helped suppress their voice? That's the sense I get. Well, there's this whole like um, notion of free Palestine, right? This is what you're seeing everywhere. And by the way, this is this has been an awful experience because on posts where we're sharing tragic, tragic stories of kids being killed or or hostages or whatever, the comments are saying free Palestine, which is so it's like it's like you saying, Sarah, God forbid, something awful about you and me saying, but mine is worse. Like it's an it's a one upper kind of situation and it's so unfair and so wrong. But the whole free Palestine notion, just in case anyone doesn't really understand what that means, they say from the land to the sea. And if you look at a map and Gaza, right, basically there is a section where Israel is where they basically block a certain part of Palestine from touching ocean. Right. That's the country of Israel is in a little section where it gets the ocean. Gaza also has ocean too, but it's so small. Israel's so small. You can drive through the entire country in one day. It's so small. And that's when you say free Palestine, what they're basically saying is annihilate Israel, get Israel out of our way so that we can get all that land and be free from here to there, which is absolutely asinine that you're going to ask a, a, a country who this is our homeland, right, to to just walk away, like, oh, OK, fine. We have never tried to take over Gaza. We have never tried to take over Palestine. In fact, we withdrew in 2005. Israel withdrew and a lot of them very unhappy, happily withdrew. Hands up, said, fine, take our homes, take everything. We will stay on on our side of the of the fence or of the border. And it should have been left there. And unfortunately, in the last 20 years, we've had multiple suicide bomb attacks, bus buses blown up, restaurants blown up, um, random soldiers killed. This is absolutely like something that won't go away. Israel does not want to engage with Palestine. We don't need anything from them. We are okay, right? They, unfortunately, this is my story. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people well, saying. Well, no, and my understanding is, right, I mean, what happens is um, Israel does control kind of um, things that go in and out, right, of Gaza, which is... The water and electricity. Right, a portion of it, right? Be- but they also have checkpoints, right? Because essentially they know if they don't keep track that Hamas will just move in other weapons and things like that, right? Isn't that... So, so there's border people- control. Yeah. And Gaza residents do have permits to enter Israel. And for years and years, they have been entering Israel for work, in a very, very safe, normal way, because there's a lot of people that live in Gaza who are completely innocent civilians who have no part of Hamas and they come in and out of Israel and it's been a very civil process. But in this kind of situation where you have a terrorist organization, Hamas, breaking and bulldozing through the walls and going into tunnels, et cetera, you have to understand that we Israel does remain in control of water and power, but billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars have been given to Palestine and to Gaza in the last few years for their, uh, you know, humanitarian efforts so that they can build better infrastructure. And unfortunately, all that money goes to Hamas and Hamas is building underground tunnels where they are currently, you know, building their missiles, their rockets and housing hostages. That's just like, that's what's happening. But I know that there's two versions of the truth. So I'm sure people are going to say I'm wrong. Well, it's hard. I mean, you, you, we know the Palestinian people are so suppressed, right, by, by Hamas. I mean, they're living like, you know, so of course they're angry, you know, and I mean, they're losing loved ones. I mean, it's, it's very sad. It's so hard on both sides. And, but they're not suppressed by Israel. And I think that that's really important to say is like, Israel's not the ones that are keeping them down. We, like I said, we have allowed them in and out of our border. It's, it's, 
it's their own government. And unfortunately, Israel is, get, is the scapegoat. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you. You know, people should follow your Instagram. You you give a lot. I, I enjoy um, being educated because, unfortunately, I don't know a lot of the history either. And uh, the only thing I did know, which I think is, is kind of scary, is how many people believe that Israel and Jewish people just came to Israel in 1948. I mean, it's like it, that piece of land was given by the British Ottoman Empire in 1948. But, I mean, you guys have been there since 100 B.C. So have Palestinians. I mean, my mom was born there before. And Muslim people, yes. Yeah, but but I it's mean, like to say you stole our land in 1948. It's like, guys, you both were there from 100. I mean, you and know, by long the way, there's before Christ. Many, it's like, there's many Arabs that live in Israel yes, currently. And it's not like we are not allowing Arabs in there. In fact, when I was just in Israel, we had a wonderful guy. His name um, is now I'm, it's escaping me. It's like Adam or Adman or something like that. And he was the driver. We like rented a, a bus because there were so many of us in our family and we wanted to see all the sites over the course of the couple of weeks. So he drove us from place to place and we would take him out to lunch every day. And he was lovely. He was wonderful. He was fun. He was sweet. He was giving the kids snacks that he would buy from the Arab markets. Like there is no animosity between Arab Israelis and and um, Jewish Israelis. Like that is not a thing. For the most part, it's very, very copacetic. We can live amongst each other. In fact, in Jerusalem, like you have the Arab quarter, you have the Christian quarter, you have the Jewish quarter. There's not, it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy what stories have been told out there that as, as if we're like this, whatever. It's hard. No, it's very, I know, I know. (laughs) Thank you for going there. I know we were talking about pop culture, but I do, you know, I appreciate it. And I know how scary it is for Jewish people. You know, my friends say what's hard is, you know, you order an Uber and you think, are they going to look at my name and think I'm Jewish? You know, I mean, they are Jewish. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like it's. No, I can't. And it's, you know, 2023 in the United States where I feel like, you know, Honey, I, I want people to be able to do what they want here. I mean, this is like the greatest country on earth. Don't get me started. I love America and people hate me for that. So anyway, I do. They do. They hate me for loving America. I love America. Um, Let's make a list of all the things people hate us for. People hate me because of this rainbow. I know. I've gotten so many DMs about this damn rainbow here. I have a rainbow from World Market that's just hanging up on my wall. Oh, I support God. rainbows. I like rainbows. I, I want to wrap it up with something light on Sister Wives because I'm obsessed. Oh my gosh, please. Are we so, should I get my Sob and Robin eyebrows out? Well, tell, yes, you have Sob and Robin eyebrows. Are you kidding me? Can you end up looking like Rob? You don't look anything like Robin. I love my Rob dog. <laughs> it's my Robin. Oh. If you're watching the vi- the video. <laughs> Wait a minute though. Okay. Um, do you think, I, I got to ask you rapid fire here. Do you think Christine and Janelle are being tested for a spinoff? Yes and no, and I really won't watch it. And I say this with love, but Kristen, Christine, Christine and Janelle on their own would be a very boring show. We need the entire, we can never let go of Cody and his pecs and Robin and his eyebrows. If we let go of Robin and Cody, we don't have a show. We also need Mary and her LuLaRoe. Like we need it all. It's a perfect, I will, I will follow them to the ends of the earth as long as they're together in some capacity. Do you think Cody and Robin seek other sister wives? There's a lot of back and forth rumor out there. Do you think they end up seeking sister, other sister wives or they live monogamous and we just have this smorgasbord of a show? I think um, I, I I really want to remain um, unproblematic, but I think if they have see, seeked a sister wife, it's probably one of Robin's daughters. Oh, ah! oh! I'm so disturbed. I'm so disturbed. <laughs> I say this with total joking, you guys, not at all. But like uh, the seeing the daughters in this last episode in the interview was just tripping me out. What do you think, by the way, um, because you obviously have inside knowledge, you know, you're casting director, you were, you know the deal. Uh, What do you think happens? You know, they're on season 18. I mean, this is a goldmine for them. So what is the future? What do the next three seasons look like of Sister Wives? I want to know why on season 18 of Sister Wives, we have the most poor reality stars you've ever seen ever. They've been on TV longer than than anyone, anyone and they have no money. Where is what what are they getting paid? Well, girl, that is you know this is a TLC. I mean, all the TLC people come on my show. I mean, it's insane. What I mean So they don't get you don't think the sister wives have signed a good deal after season eighteen? I don't know. I because it really depends. Did they get an agent? Did they did they do they each have agents now? Do they have Cody was probably their agent. Knowing Cody, he was like he was like 
gotta work out my pecs and i gotta with his tendrils here his little tendrils he's gotta work out my pecs and i gotta do the deal for sister wife season 19 did he i mean i agree with you they should be making so much coyote pass should be paid off 18 different times sunny coyote pass should be a theme park by now it should be a tourist attraction (laughs) i will pay a lot of money to go to coyote coyote pass to get i will get a vip like Fuck BravoCon. I'll get a VIP bracelet for Coyote Pass. I want to see lot one, lot two, lot three, lot four, and lot five. I want to see the pond that he felt. Like, I want to see it all. Look, I hope this family gets paid over the next three years. I hope the kids do. I hope Christine gets her own agent. I hope they negotiate a hell of a deal. I think if if anybody is going to get a huge chip paycheck, it's that family. Because I, we want to see him on TV. But I don't know. I mean, we keep thinking this, but every season they come out. Now, remember, what we're watching right now is still in the 1900s. They're 46 <sighs> years later. <laughs> like, we're literally watching 2021 like, this I know. season. It's crazy. So no wonder they're still so heavily talking about COVID. But in season 20, we'll finally see 2023. So I think we'll finally catch Hopefully up. Hopefully we'll like, see them. Yeah, making When bags. are we going to see Christine Gavin getting married? Definitely not this season. There was talk that they're going to air the finale, that they are going to air some of the wedding. But I don't know. The timeline is so far behind. I mean, how are we going to suddenly speed up? I, I think We're that's We're in Valentine's filmed. Day 2022 right now. I know. Is where we are. And, you know, I mean, I listen, if Cody and Robin do get another wife, I immediately feel bad for her. I think anyone that would, I mean, I have, I have thought about, like, raising my hand and trying to get in there. Yeah, me too. I feel like I feel like that would be a really good thing for ratings for my show. Like Daily Dose of Donna is secretly a brown. Yeah. Be um, I was also thinking someone else that would be great for the family. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling really needs, she's got a lot of kids and they look like Cody already. Genius casting. Genius. She just needs, she needs, she needs, she would be great at Coyote Pass. Do you remember her with all the animals? Oh like I can see it so well that's so good you know it oh my god what a what a great idea god donna you're gonna make that happen amongst everything else you're doing i feel like oxygen is that is that still on a network because oxygen yes. and tlc could do a huge crossover there because oxygen is what aired like all the Tor- tori and dean shows i feel like god. we're gonna have to work on something uh daily dose of donna it's a podcast you can get it daily um absolutely find donna on her um instagram as well it's daily dose of donna right on it's at this is donna bowling this is Donna Bowling on and Donna Instagram. Donna spelled D-A-N-A. It's such a pain in the ass. I love it. Well, anyway, um, I'm going to be on your show. You're, yes. You are on mine. I can't wait. And thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, we're all my prayers are with you. It's it's so hard right now what's going on. It's really hard. And I hope that if you listen to this and you were like, that's not true about Israel, like you're respectful enough that you can come and tell me, just be kind. I'm okay with disagreement, but just be kind. You don't have to tell me I'm scum of the earth. Um, Also, Sarah, we'll have to hang out in real life because we're both LA girls. Yes, honey, I live in La La Land now. I love it. You are such a star. (laughs) All right, Donna, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Sarah. Bye.